0: You're listening to the ESO network, your station for all things geek. Welcome, welcome. We have a guest. We have a today. guest. He's not going to He's do not gonna- anything and he's not gonna stay a guest mm-hmm. but yes. he's here he's, a, might... permanent he's a permanent member now he's a permanent member of he... the BTFLN I hope that's right <laughs> but first oh
1: no <laughs> <laughs> BFTLN but first nope BFLTN <laughs> I write it down fairly frequently, you would think that I, like, wouldn't fuck this up all the time.
0: <laughs> so, I know we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks but now, but it's official. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. I adopted a puppy. His name yeah. is Ransom. Yes, my cute little Ransom boy. He's such a good boy. Mm-hmm. He's snuggling. Yep, he's chilling on the bed, he's laying down, he'll probably take a nap, he might hear him panting a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he'll fall asleep eventually. Him and the cat are, uh, slowly but surely. We're gonna have a dodo video soon. Soon enough. But right as, now, they're As soon as, as Luna stops it. being a bitch and, um, my dog stops running away from her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she is very scary at, like, 8.9
0: pounds. <laughs> Every time she hisses, he jumps and it's runs the other direction. Very funny, <laughs> but that you know that's the better reaction mm-hmm. than him trying dynamic. to eat her. Yes, <laughs> so we figure after that dynamic is figured out, they'll slowly mm-hmm. start to chill with each other. Yeah, well, she just she's needs also to
1: not afraid of him. No, like she
0: just comes she, out yeah. and she's like bothered. She's yes. like, I'm
1: pouting about this, Yes. but. I'm not going to hide under your mm-hmm. bed any more than I normally
0: do. Exactly, and he's not scared. He's not like scared of her. He he wants to be her friend. Mm-hmm. So we'll get there. She just needs to show her dominance because she's going to be the one in charge. Obviously, so just
1: boop him on the nose once. Yeah. You should be just fine. Yeah. So. We'll just, we'll work on a training montage. And <laughs> Come on, nose boop. I know you can do this because that's how you
0: wake me up sometimes. She- a bitch. A solid boop. I'm she's, like uh, no issues eating his food, though. <laughs> in front of him while she's staring at him. And he's staring at her. Not saying it's a power move, but. <laughs> so, Yeah. It's uh, day one of figuring out how to record with the dog. Yes. It's a new adventure. (laughs) Um, We're learning. All right. Episode 41. 41. We have some new drinks. Yeah. Smirnoff. New Zero Sugar Seltzers. They look fancy. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm Brittany Petrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But But First, first, Let's let's Talk Nerdy. nerdy. Clank. Clank. (laughs) All right, for episode 41, I am going to talk about the Satanic Panic.
1: Oh, shit! Yeah.
0: (laughs) Satanic Panic. For those of you who don't know about the Satanic Panic, it's a bad band from Sabrina. True, but that's not the satanic panic. (laughs) And I'm done. All right, Martha, what are you doing today?
1: I really feel like I learned.
0: (laughs) All right, so my sources were I read an article called The History of Satanic Panic in the US by Asia Romano on Vox.com, Brief History of Satanic Panic in the 1980s by Cheryl Eddy on Gizmodo.com. Cults That Never Were, The Satanic Ritual Abuse Scare. I couldn't find an author, but it was like a thesis paper. (laughs) Also, Cults That Never Were sounds like the most fascinating paper ever. (laughs) Right? And it was on uh, vcu.edu, and then Wikipedia, and I've also (laughs) deep-dived, podcasted on Satanic Panic, Mm -hmm. so that also played into it. Yeah. All right. I find The Satanic Panic fascinating and fascinating awful and fucked up so fucked up fascinating and fucked up could also be the title yeah this is true so the satanic ritual abuse scare aka satanic panic was a moral panic that began in the 1980s and north or officially began in the 1980s in north america and lasted much through the 90s it was fueled by claims of satan worship made up of several components Child and sex, uh, sexual abuse, human ritual sacrifice, teenage abduction rumors, animal mutilation, claims of actual Satanists, the Church of Satan and the Temple of Set, heavy metal rock and horror, uh, horrorcore music, and then violent and fantasy video games. We're Good not going to touch on all of them. We're going to touch on the main ones, which is really like the child and sexual abuse and yes. things like that. But yeah, that you could see as it like... The 80s, where it was like really intense shit, and then it got into like stupid 90s shit. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> if you want to listen to stupid 90s shit, listen to last week. Yes, we covered that last week. Mm-hmm. During its time, it led to many criminal investigations based on little or no evidence of an actual occurrence of satanic activity or any criminal activity whatsoever. Though few were convicted and most ended up being overturned, it did take years and it ruined so many lives. Mm. So how did something get so big and ruin so many lives happen when none of it was actually real? When nothing actually happened. Yes. All of it was essentially bogus and fake. So... Get ready, you millennials, Gen X, and even some of you Gen Z, because I'm basically about to explain why none of us were hugged as children. Oh, no. I was hugged a lot as a child. That doesn't surprise me. In the 1980s, allegations of ritual abuse at a preschool in Southern California led to a seven-year and $15 million trial. Ugh. This is the longest and most expensive trial in U.S. history. Ugh. The McMartin preschool case, which resulted in zero convictions, became the start and symbol of what was much more widespread phenomenon known as a satanic panic. <sighs> Yes. So much money. So much money and so much time for nothing. Yeah. All lies. So why? Why did this happen? So let's I'm going to stage everything for you and then we'll go over that trial a little bit more. Uh, so this was coming from a time where children were told to be seen and not heard. Also coming from a time where uh, kids weren't believed when they were told that a, an adult that something bad may have been happening to them. But instead of taking steps forward to fix this, people decided to slam on the gas pedal and drive through the brick wall with this. We're
1: so good at like <laughs> correcting anytime something's wrong. Oh my god, society is so successful. <laughs>
0: There's also an increased interest in and fear of the occult during the late 1960s and the 1970s. The Manson cult operation in the late 60s culminated in a string of mass murders in the summer of 1969 that shocked the nation and put organized ritualistic killings on the brain. That same year, the organist turned occultist, Anton LaVey, published the Satanic Bible. So, apparently, most of the Satanic Bible was actually mostly plagiarized several sources, mostly uh, regurgitated earlier philosophies of self-actualization and self-empowerment from writers like H.L. McKinnon and Ayn Rand. Nevertheless, it became a... (laughs) Sorry, just thinking about
1: all the conservatives who read Ayn Rand and imagining they're looking at this and being like, Satan! (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do with my life. These two things. One thing I love. One thing I hate.
0: But they're the same. Yep. Yeah. So, nevertheless, even though it was mostly just all copyrighted, it was the key text for the Church of Satan, a group that uh, LeVay officially founded in 1966. Then in 1972, publications of Satan Cellar came out. It's a fabricated memoir, which has been discredited, but it took about 20 years later for that to happen. Saint Seller is a fake autobiography about the childhood and young adulthood of Mike Warnke, where he claimed to be involved in intense satanic worship. The memoir claimed that he served as a satanic high priest and was engaged, among other things, ritualistic sex orgies.
1: With demons? Because otherwise I don't
0: care. (laughs) Uninterested. The same year, there was the publication of LaVey's Satanic Rituals, which reinforced the idea that dark occult rituals had become a routine part of life for many Americans. Oh, and well. though it had no connection to Satanism or traditional occult religions, near the end of the decade, the Jonestown massacre gave the world another undeniable example of what violence in a cult looked like. Oh, and, boy, which is the worst thing you could ever do, because Jonestown is like the worst. Worst cult massacre that you could ever talk about, and it's it's awful and horrible. And if you don't know what we're talking about, but you don't like depressing things, don't go Google it. Don't Mm -hmm. do it. It's awful. If
1: you've ever said anything about drinking the Kool Aid, this is the backstory. Mm -hmm. It was not Kool Aid, by the way. No, it was Flavor Aid.
0: And get it right or pay the price. When it wasn't Flavor Aid, they shot you. Well, yes. flavor aid and bullets <laughs> it's not funny it was real bad it's not funny. it's really not funny it was real bad all right so little sidebar here because i want to point out satanism actually has nothing to do with satanic panic um, it's actually more of a political stance than anything. Satanists are chill. Yes. I actually, for any of you who are interested, I just listened to a podcast called Trust Me, I've told you about this yes. one. There are two girls who interview people in different cults who were also in cults. Um and they interviewed Anton LeVay. Oh. And really? he talked about the Church of Satan. Yeah, it was really informative. That so yeah. Fascinating. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm definitely so um it, it was very interesting to listen to. And that was a lot, like I said, a lot of the things they point out is more of equality and just political views and just pushing in people's faces like uh it's more well, the
1: like you did this as a Christian so I should be able to do it as exactly a and because, then because uh, of equality and then you know, it
0: makes you see how
1: fucking ridiculous yes. it is for you to put like a statue well, literally, of Jesus anyway they
0: were like Baphomet. He, there was a park that like put something up and they're like well it's you know it's a free park you can put up whatever so they requested to put up some Baphomet yeah and then like literally they were like oh Okay, oh, but it never got put up, and the other one got taken down. Yeah, and that's sort of what they're about. Mm-hmm. Like, so which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, anyways, in 1980 was when Michelle remembers a book co-written by Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Pazder and his psychiatric patient and eventual wife Michelle oh. Smith is published. It was a bestseller. Michelle Remembers was the first book written by a subject of satanic ritual abuse in fucking quotations. It is an important part of satanic panic and recovered memory. Several investigations have subsequently been unable to collaborate many of the book's events despite intensive searches And according to these investigators, the events described in the book were not only very unlikely, in some cases were seemingly impossible, but it did set the stage and it began the recovered memory that plays a huge part of satanic panic. For those of you who don't know what recovered memory is, it's a memory of traumatic events such as a sexual abuse experience typically during childhood that is forgotten and then recalled many years later, sometimes held to be an invalid or false remembrance because it's usually generated by outside influence. This is the Merriam-Webster dictionary Mm -hmm. definition, definition, just so people aren't like, where would you get this definition? Mm. So a load of shit. It's usually just yeah, psychiatrists or psychologists Somebody being like, yeah,
1: like what's best for you playing with your brain. Yes, which exactly, is so which is
0: disgusting. Then in 1983, Dr. Roland Summit publishes an article about child sexual abuse accommodation syndrome. Which convinces many therapists and prosecutors that if a child denies that anything happened to him or her, they are hiding the truth. So right away, if you're a suspect of child abuse or you're the child that an adult suspects that you were abused, you're screwed. Sorry for the bad word. I couldn't think of anything else to use. But you're damned if you do. you damned if you're not yeah, in this situation. Make, it's essentially when a kid says, no... They didn't do anything. Nothing happened. No, I know you're scared, but you can tell me what they did. And And they'll do this. Did they do this? We'll get into that. Exactly. So, but that's what that is. Four. It is public knowledge that cops would keep kids in interrogation without any parental or adult guidance until they got the answers they wanted. If the kid said no, they would keep asking and promise rewards until they said yes. Then they would ask for details and they wouldn't just say, well, what did they do to you? They'd make suggestions. Did that man touch you? Where did he touch you on the butt? Did he do this? Did he do that? And they'd keep going until the kid just agreed because he was fucking hungry and wanted to see his goddamn mom
1: here's a reminder that all cops
0: are bad <laughs> we will talk about that too <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh so at the core satanic ritual abuse claims relied on overzealous law enforcement unsustainable statements from children and uh, above all coercive and suggestive interrogation by therapists and prosecutors Just super fucked yep. up yep Some of the defendants are still serving life sentences for crimes that more than likely they did not commit, let alone didn't even happen in the first place. So it's one thing if you're falsely accused for something that did happen, none of this happens. So they're in jail for something that didn't even happen. Let alone they didn't even do it, it didn't even happen.
1: children said things because they were told
0: to say things. And they, you know, were scared and wanted a goddamn cookie.
1: Yeah, actually.
0: (laughs) All right. So before I go any further, I do want to bring up right now that a previous topic I talked about, the Salem Witch Trials. At its core, it's not really different. There are less deaths and there are actually less lives ruined. But why? Because adults with power are the worst and convince children to say things because they were basically like, you say this or you're here until you say it. And there's proof of it. And how is there and not- There's proof. I mean, Salem, which traveled obviously not as much because it's so yeah. long ago, but there is literal proof of it in, in the satanic panic. Like shit. How is
1: there not- Laws against how long you can keep a child.
0: There are now, I'm pretty okay. sure, because of shit like yeah. this. And there's also laws in place of how you're supposed to in- interrogate, interrogate children. Wrong, wrong. Yeah. Yes. And you're supposed to be like, you need like certification mm-hmm. to specifically talk to children and stuff like this, like, because they have to be completely it's a completely different yeah. way of they're doing very, it. They're very, they're, so they're so influential. Yes. They're just going to say whatever you say yeah. because they just, they. I can tell you for sure, I have some mem- like made
1: up memories that I made myself believe at one point. Yes. And I know that they're made up because they don't make any yes. fucking sense.
0: And kids will also just say things mm-hmm. because they know you want them to say it. Yep. Because they just want yeah. approval. Yes. That's all it is. Kids just want approval. And all cookies. right. And, yeah, but, and and sometimes the approval comes with cookies. Oh, you're right.
1: Okay. <laughs> Actually, I would like my cookies. How do you think I'm approval, training
0: please? my dog right now? <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> so um, the main case I am going to talk about is the one I mentioned above. McMartin. Yep, yeah, it mostly essentially started it all. It definitely had the biggest impact and it definitely has almost every part of the satanic panic in it. It's the McMartin preschool trial. So in 1983, Judy Johnson, mother of one in Manhattan Beach, California, her son was enrolled at the preschool and she reported to the police that her son had been sodomized by her estranged husband and by the teacher, Ray Bucky. Ray Bucky was the grandson of the school founder, Virginia Martin. Mick Martin and son of the administrator Peggy McMartin Bucky. Sorry, there's so many MCU names here and. There's a pile of names. I know. They're all like (laughs) regular names, but (laughs) you just jam a bunch of them together. So Johnson's belief that her son had been abused began when her son had painful bowel movements. What happened next is. he just ate something weird. He was a boy. Yeah. He, sometimes your poo hurts. Sometimes you're a little bit constipated. <laughs>
1: like, did you take him to the doctor, or did no. you just be like, "Oh, well, you know what definitely happened."
0: So, Fuck you Judy, what happens next can still be a little bit disputed, but most sources state that Johnson's son denied her suggestion that her his preschool teachers had molested him, and his dad. Yeah, but he's technically his dad is technically a teacher. Oh, oh, yes, right. In addition, Johnson had made several more accusations, including that people at the daycare had sexual encounters with animals, that Peggy drilled the child under the arms. What does that mean? And Ray- With drill or like- I don't know. Is that a euphemism? I don't know. But he also, uh, she also claimed that Ray flew in the air. Okay. So- Ray Becky was questioned but was not prosecuted due to lack of evidence because there was none because it was fake. Fuck you, Judy. But the police still then sent a letter out to the 200 parents oh, of the God. students at the McMartin school stating that their children might have been abused and asking the parents to question their children. Why do police only communicate when they're being so, shitheads? Here's the thing this. This letter that I'm going to read to you oh, no. started satanic panic. The police sending out this letter started satanic panic. Because what are you going to do if you get a letter from the police saying, you're Hey, fucking panic! your fucking kid might be getting molested by your their preschool teacher because she might be practicing satanism. Obviously, you're going to freak the fuck out. Like, uh... So this is the letter. September 8th, 1983. Dear parent. This department is conducting a criminal investigation involving child molestation. Ray Bucky, an employee at Virginia McMartin's preschool, was arrested September 7th, 1983 by this department, even though he got let go because there were no, Mm -hmm. there's no evidence. The following procedures is obviously an unpleasant one, but to protect the rights of your children as well as the rights of the accused... Sorry. Yeah. This, inqu- this inquiry is necessary for a complete investigation. Records indicate that your children has been to or is currently, is currently a student at the preschool. We are asking your assistance in this continuing investigation. Please question your children to see if he or she has been witness to any crimes or if he or she has been a victim. Our investigation indicates that possible criminal acts include oral sex, fondling of genitals, the buttocks or chest area, and sodomy, possibly committed under the pretense of taking the children's temperature – also, photos may have been taken of children without their clothing. Any information from your child regarding having been observed uh, ever observed Ray Bucky to leave a classroom alone with a child during a nap period, or if they've ever observed Ray Bucky tie up a child, what is important? Please complete the enclosed information form and return it to this department in the enclosed stamp return envelope as soon as possible. We will contact you if circumstances dictate same. We ask you to please keep this investigation strictly confidential because of the nature of the charges and the highly emotional effect it could have on our community. Please do not discuss this investigation with anyone outside your immediate family. Do not contact or discuss the investigation with Raymond Buckley or any member of the accused defendant's family or employees connected with the McMartin's preschool could you imagine if you got this letter from the police department what so gross and fear-mongering also
1: like judy what did ray bucky ever fucking do to you he was just adjacent
0: and then got his life ruined johnson the mother was soon after Diagnosed with and hospitalized for acute paranoia, schizophrenia, and then 1986 was found dead in our home from complications of chronic alcoholism. Ah. So she wasn't getting the help she needed. Yeah. And uh, then started the satanic panic.
1: Uh, Mental health care is super important.
0: Yes. Um,
1: Hit us up if you guys are planning on using Talkspace and need a discount code. (laughs) This is kind of an ad, but
0: nobody's paying us. (laughs) But But I'm getting therapy. (laughs) It's almost the same. So several hundred children were then interviewed by... Okay, also, let me interrupt that. You know parents weren't asking, Hey... Is anything weird going that, on at your daycare? They're like, are you, hey, are you being fondled and molested and groped at? Is anybody touching you? Are you getting tied up? Which yeah. is not how you interrogate children. No. Because that puts the idea in their brain. But it's also like, if it's a kid and you think they might be getting molested, you'll be like, you can tell me. You don't have to be afraid. Are they touching you? You, t- you can tell. Are they touching you? Is is your teacher touching? You, is she touching you? You can tell me. It's okay. You don't have to be scared. She's touching you, isn't she? And, also, and like- then all of a sudden they're like. Yeah, Yeah, because that's what they think you
1: want them to answer. They're also like probably looking back at any time that the teacher has made any fucking contact with them and being like, "Was this weird? Mm -hmm. Was it normal? Should I have noticed that it was weird?" The answer you want to tell me that the answer is
0: weird. Yes.
1: So I need to just look back at this in a different way. This letter makes Uh, me so mad.
0: I wasn't originally gonna read it, and then I was like, "No, I have to read it. It's so bad." All right. So from this letter. Hundreds of children were then interviewed by the Children's Institute International, a Los Angeles-based abuse therapy clinic run by Key McFarlane. The interviewing techniques used during investigations of the allegations were highly suggestive and invited children to pretend or speculate about supposed events. By spring of 1984, it was claimed that 360 children had been abused. Astrid Happenstall Hager performed medical examinations and took photos that she believed to be minute scarring, which she stated was caused by anal penetration. There was also that anal wink, which they all discovered later is just normal and it is not a sign it's just a of sexual abuse. It's just your butthole being a butthole. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> also, anal wink is...
1: Awful. The worst thing I've ever heard, and possibly the best,
0: like, (laughs) grungy, gross band name that I've ever heard of. Later research also demonstrated that the methods of questioning used on the children were extremely suggestive, leading to false accusations. Like, got them to tell them that their parents were molesting them by, like, literally being like, Did your mommy touch you? Did she grope your balls? Did she do this? Did she, like, literally, like, that's what they were doing for hours. There's audio of the kid crying for his mom. That's so fucked up. It's fucked up. Ugh. and but those and i'm pretty sure i mentioned it a little bit later those kids too i think like one of them doesn't see the family anymore because he like really believes it now because they, fu- they, they he was head. like four and yeah. they got in his fucking head
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's hard to like
1: unbreak the yes. fucked up, up fake memories that you have mm-hmm.
0: you did that cops yeah that was you
1: I still mostly believe that I found an egg with a dinosaur skull in it when I was a child on the beach, which definitely didn't happen, obviously. It was like, (laughs) yeah, that's a false memory that I have that I'm like, I can feel it. I remember it happening. And I'm like, it's weird that this memory has no other people in it. (laughs) Yeah. You're welcome, friends, (laughs) because uh, that's... One of those fucked up stupid things that literally no one knows. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I could draw this I know you what I'm getting, s- Martha,
0: for her birthday! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Others believe that the questioning itself may have led to false memory syndrome among the children questioned. Only 41 of the original three, uh, 360 children ultimately testified in the Grand Journey... Journey. Grand jury. Grand jury of life. (laughs) And pre-trial hearings and fewer than a dozen actually even testified in the trials because it was mostly all bullshit. Michael P. Maloney, a clinical psychologist and professor of psychiatry, reviewed videotapes of children in, of the children's interviews. Maloney testifies as an expert witness on interviewing children. Was highly critical of the techniques used, referring to them as improper, cohesive, directive, problematic, and adult-directed in a way that forced the children to follow a rigid script. Which mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. I've heard some of them. And as it's a person true. who is not an expert, I can confirm. You. I was going to say, as a person who is not an expert and but has listened to them, yeah. that is one hundred percent true. It is <laughs> Genuinely fucked up and horrible. He also concluded that many of the kids' statements in the interviews were generated by the examiner. Transcripts and recordings of the interviews contained far more speech from adults than children Mm. and demonstrated that despite the highly cohesive interviewing techniques used, initially the children were resistant to interviewers' attempts to elicit disclosure. Most of them started with, no, nothing happened.
1: Also, why would anybody be like, oh, well, if somebody says no, keep needling them until they say yes. Because
0: that weird fucking thing came out where that guy was like, when a kid says no, it really means yes, they're just being abused. Are you just putting out the same thing that you think
1: about women? If anybody says fucking no... They probably mean no. They don't mean convince me. They don't mean I'm changing my mind. They
0: don't mean maybe. They mean no. Yeah.
1: If they do change their mind, they'll fucking tell you. But you can't change their mind. No. Or you can, and that's where we
0: get satanic panic. (laughs) Stupid dickhead. (laughs) Fuck you, Judy. The recordings of the interviews were instrumental in juries' refusal to convict. Thank God. Thank God they had ears, this ju- these juries. Yeah. And by demonstrating how children could be coerced by giving vivid and dramatic testimonies without having experienced actual abuse. Or seeing Jurassic Park or something. <laughs> the techniques used were shown to be contrary to the existing guidelines in California for the investigation of cases involving children and, and child witnesses. So even then, this wasn't how you were supposed to do it. And they fucking did it anyways. Because cops are scum. Sorry, scum. All cops are bad. Then there were some uh, accusations that would be described as bizarre. These overlapping with accusations that mirrored the emerging satanic Mm -hmm. ritual abuse panic. It was alleged that in addition to having been sexually abused, they saw witches fly, traveled in hot air balloons, and were taken through tunnels. Um, if I was a child and I saw a witch fly, it would be the best day of my right. fucking
1: life and I would not be traumatized about it. I would be psyched. So, you guys went around this the entire wrong way. These are cool things, not bad things.
0: <laughs> and it even got so bizarre as when shown a series of photographs by Danny Davis, the McMartin's lawyer, one of the children identified actor Chuck Norris as one of his abusers. <laughs> Because they were just making shit up yeah. because they were told to. Shit. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm.
1: That's super fucked
0: up. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then some of the abuse was alleged to have occurred. 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 I mean, a cured could actually work oh there in secret tunnels beneath the school. But after several excavations turned up evidence of old buildings on the site and other debris from before the school was built, there was no evidence of any secret chambers or tunnels. That was ever found because they weren't there. <laughs> there were also claims of orgies at car washes and airports, what? and of children being flushed down toilets to secret rooms where they'd be abused, then cleaned up and presented back to their parents.
1: How big are these toilets? Uh, because like that's ridiculous—a very large toilet that somehow doesn't drown your child. Mm-hmm.
0: What? No. Some child interviewees talked about a game called Naked Movie Star and suggested they were forcibly photographed nude. But during a trial testimony, some of the children stated that Naked Movie Star was a game that was actually a rhyming taunt used to tease other children. What you say is what you are, you're a naked movie star. And it had nothing to do with taking naked pictures. (sighs) Ah. Because children make up stupid rhymes. Yes, they do. Johnson, who made the initial allegations back to this bitch. I'm sorry. You're not Fuck a bitch. you, Judy. Fuck you. I wish back in the 80s mental no, health true. was more accepted and you could have gotten the help you needed. I wish it was accessible now. I wish it was accessible now. And I wish it was accessible then. But. Because you could have been fine. Yes. You could have been okay. And you may not have ever started Satanic Panic. Wherever you are and you hear me, we blame you. (laughs) And cops, by the way. And cops. We blame cops more, but you
1: were the catalyst. It's like a... I was going to say 80-30, and then
0: I was like, that doesn't equal 100. No, it does not. It's a 70-30 type of (laughs) deal. But Johnson, who made the initial allegations, also made bizarre and impossible statements about Raymond Bucky, including that he could fly, Though the prosecution asserted Johnson's mental illness was caused by the events of the trial, Johnson did admit to that she was mentally ill beforehand. Uh, well, of course, yes. Evidence of Johnson's mental illness was withheld from the defense for three years, fuck. and then, when provided, was in form of sanitized reports that excluded Johnson's statements. At, um, what the fuck? At the order of the prosecution. One of the original prosecutors, Glenn Stevens, left the case in protest and stated that other prosecutors had withheld evidence from the defense, including the information that Johnson's son did not actually identify Ray Bucky in a series of photographs. Stevens also accused Robert... Philly Bozian, the deputy district attorney Bitch. on the case of lying and withholding evidence from the court and defense lawyers in order to keep the Buckies in jail and prevent access to exonerating evidence. So corrupt, 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 corrupt. Yeah. Essentially, they're like, for some reason we wanna pin these people for child molestation and we're gonna make up evidence. So we're shocking it doesn't matter ha- where they pick one person and then they just and then stick they on them forever. Stick on even it if forever there isn't anything that happens. when it's usually wrong and then you waste all this time. Why can't all cops sort of be Paul Holes?
1: Why can't all cops be Paul Holes? The world will be such a better place.
0: And more handsome. Oh so much more handsome. Paul mm-hmm. Holes, you are attractive. Call us.
1: we're fans here yes we're fans we're not we're not trying to be too weird but like also if you wanted to be a guest that would be super cool
0: billy jensen you are also welcome yes i'll buy you mcdonald's all right now i want mcdonald's (laughs) all right so in the end everything was dismissed and thrown out there's very little proof and so much was done wrong but this is something that's happened that ended up happening all over the United States, and it even moved into Canada. It ruined lives. Kids were torn from parents. Parents and adults were in jail for years, and some are even still in jail. Fuck. And some of the children are so convinced it's true that even after it's all been thrown out and that they're now adults, they still refuse to make contact with parents or anyone like that. That's so... It's so fucked up. Sad. It's so fucked up. There was a case in Canada where a single father was accused. And even though the daughter denied it the whole exactly time, the he, about. and he was let off only a couple months later. The regular fatherly affection ceased to exist because he became afraid that it would be taken the wrong way. And she is an adult now has even come out and been like, it's definitely fucked up my like Like relationship like yeah and just in general she's like I know personally I have a weird physical relationship relationship shit because of it and she's like I have kids and I make a point to hug them and show them affection because it fucked me up as a kid that's so fucking and you know he wanted to hug her which is the worst yes Cause that's how they were. They were fine. There was yeah. it was a normal what a normal father daughter relationship was. There'd be hugs and they'd sit on the couch and eat popcorn and watch movies together. And and she'd fall asleep on him. It was he was her dad and it was the only parent. She didn't have a mom. So and it was like her friend at school said something to the parents. I know exactly yep. the case. That was in Canada. That was the first one I, I, I listened specifically to. Specifically remember mm-hmm. it. As I said before, that's what brings me to the beginning, where parents not hugging their kids in the 80s and the 90s. Yep. I'd like to think we've come a long way from this, and yeah. we have a better understanding in medicine and, and a better as we know, understanding. We correct
1: like this, yeah.
0: When it comes to questioning kids, but also the 80s was a long time from the Salem witch trials, and essentially everything that went wrong in the Salem witch trials is why it went wrong in Satanic Panic. Weird that humans don't get any better. Yep. Listen to your kids, but don't put words in your mouth and honestly and just honestly ask them. But also remember, kids do lie because they want to give you the answer that you want. Just don't feed them lies because you want to hear that. Hug your kids. It's okay to show them affection. And get therapy. But when you do get therapy, make sure you don't settle. If you think something's weird with your therapist mm-hmm. or they don't sit with well with you, get another therapist. It's not a one and done thing. Yeah. It's a, you
1: have to shop around. It's so important to have the right therapist. Okay. Because having the yes. wrong therapist is worse than having no therapist.
0: And, If they're saying you have a repressed memory, you probably don't. It's time to run. That's a red flag from your therapist.
1: Lastly. My therapist is a baller, by the way. (laughs)
0: Lastly, this is written in here, but we've said it 900,000 times. Fuck cops. Bam. I blame them for about 90% of the satanic panic. Oops.
1: I guess. Sorry if you're a cop,
0: but not really. Do better. This is 40 years later and you're not doing better. If 2020 taught us anything, you're not doing better. So. So do fucking better. Yep. Or just be Paul Holes. Yep. (laughs) You have two
1: choices. (laughs) You have
0: three choices. You could also not be a cop. If you're one of those people who want to be the good cop, just become a social worker. You'll save a thousand. More it's going to be a lot more people. You're going to do a lot more the people good. People that you'll touch will touch other people. Yes, not in a bad way. <laughs> not, in a sat- <laughs> not in a satanic panic way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're the Con Guys, as in Comic-Con, and this is the Con Guys show coming at you straight from the heart of Hollywood, California, with the news, celebrity interviews, and fun-loving opinions to help fuel your passions. We are your ultimate insiders, filmmakers, writers, actors, costumers, gamers, panelists, but most of all, we are fans. And whether it's sci-fi, collectibles, comic books, gaming, animation, cosplay, or fan conventions, if you love it, we cover it. Your behind-the-scenes look at all things Con.
0: All right, Martha, all right. what are you talking about today?
1: So, today I am talking about Jamie Madrox or Multiple Man. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> okay! Um, you know how much? We all know how much I love a disaster, and I especially love a bisexual disaster, and Jamie yes. Madrox is that, so yes. Um, my sources this week are... I read some of the comic, um, the X Factor comic by Peter David, um, and then I used Marvel fandom. Follows. Um, you know, Wikipedia, <laughs> yep. comic vibe, the years. So, James Arthur Madrox, also called Multiple Man, is a fictional character appearing in Marvel comics. Created by writer editor Len Wein, he first appeared in Giant Size Fantastic Four number 4 in 1975. So with Doom, that makes two good things that came out of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> uh, he was more of a supporting character until the late 80s, early 90s, where he <laughs> underwent greater development under writer uh, Peter David in the series X-Factor. So, uh, Jamie Madrox is born to a family living near the Los Alamos uh, research facility in New Mexico. The background radiation may have stimulated his mutation because uh, as soon as he is born, it's evident. So it's not like he had to wait until he's a fucking teenager. All of a sudden, bam. Uh, also, his dad Bang. worked at the Los Alamos uh, nuclear research center, so that probably didn't help. But yeah, when the doctor performed the old-fashioned like smack to encourage the baby to cry and breathe, uh, suddenly a twin appeared. Oh, dear. Uh, however, it wasn't a twin, it was a duplicate. And this poor doctor probably shit himself. I would have definitely shit myself. <laughs> his uh, mutation was clear from birth instead of waiting to develop in his teenage years. Like normal mutants, quote-unquote. Normal mutants. He would uncontrollably form a duplicate of himself upon physical impact. That was kind of a shock for them at the fucking hospital. There's a good picture of the doctor who's holding two babies and being like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, same, bro. Feel you. <laughs> uh, luckily, somehow, the Madrox family is friends with Charles Xavier. Or luckily or unluckily, depending on how you feel about Charles, <laughs> who e you're talking to, <laughs> Um and he's like, you know what would be good? First of all, you should probably definitely quit your super radiation job, which you—that's sh- true. Maybe don't bring radiation home as a new parent. It's true. Just a thought. And then
0: you should <laughs> move to Kansas to raise him in privacy. Why Kansas? I. Don't know. Don't ever move to Kansas.
1: Well, also, they're in New Mexico. I feel like there are parts of New Mexico I was gonna say, which that are, are like really open.
0: fucking
1: obscure. Yeah. I don't know. Solitary. I roll. It's fucking Charles Xavier who's making decisions for people when don't he can barely handle himself. fucking listen
0: to Charles Xavier.
1: <laughs> you could have just said maybe move away from the stupid source of radiation. That's uh, true. It's fine. Um, also, when Jamie was young, like probably older than a toddler, but something like that. Uh, a dude named Damien Tripp of Singularity Investigations made his own offer to look after Jamie, saying that Jamie was a changeling like him. Uh, so changelings in the Marvel Universe... <laughs> <laughs> Let's be specific. Exactly. Um, <laughs> ...are more like... They're, they're like the predecessors of mutants. So as far as I can tell... Rather than being swapped fairy babies, or more likely you didn't like your kid and you needed a reason to not like them. She's weird and not because she's... she's <laughs> it, not because that's just who she is. It's but not because that she's, she's neurodivergent. This- <laughs> it's just that she was taken by fairies. And now I have this fairy child that I guess I have to fucking raise. I'm like, no, you're a shitty parent. <laughs> Go home. But yeah, so the changelings in the Marvel Universe are basically uh, the mutants that possess an X-gene which manifests at birth rather than during adolescence, which does fit with Madrox. So maybe. Um, Obviously, Jamie's parents are like, no, we're not going to do that. That's fucking dumb. We're not giving you a random kid because you think that he's like you. So after that, uh, Jamie's father, Dr. Daniel Madrox, who was working at the nuclear blah 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 blah, uh, created a special suit for Jamie to wear that would uh, inhibit his mutant power, sort of. Not like all the way, but basically, um, it would absorb kinetic energy. So anytime like
0: he got bumped, he wouldn't be eight of him. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Like he could control it, and he could make his own. But like it would have to be more of an effort.
0: (laughs) He wouldn't get bumped on the fucking playground and and be like, "Now I'm six of these (laughs) guys.
1: Oh, it's fine. Totally normal." However, when Jamie was in his mid-teens, like 15 I think it was, uh, his parents were killed in a tornado before he really knew the extent of his powers and the reason for the suit. And then Jamie spent several years working on the farm by him fucking self, like as his only companion. So him and all of his dupes worked on a farm, which sounds miserable and terrible and probably is a reason then he has so many issues so in his early 20s his suit began to malfunction Um, something about a surge of energy and it was making him a little bit crazy I don't know I didn't read that comic because it sounded boring (laughs) because it was the Fantastic Four Um, so he found himself heading to New York to fight the Fantastic Four which I get a little bit but also don't do that can you imagine if you
0: tripped and there was just eight of you
1: no (laughs) No, I couldn't. Eight of me and When we get into the specifics of his powers, (laughs) it's really bonkers. What the fuck? But yeah, so uh, he tries to fight the Fantastic Four. It doesn't work super well. Charles Xavier manages to arrive at the scene and, like, everything gets settled, blah, blah, blah. And his suit gets repaired... And Charles Xavier was like, um, you should accompany me back to the school and then you can be an X-Men. And Jamie's like, um, no. <laughs> Hard fucking pass. Um, I will travel with you to Scotland, Muir um, Island, you know the one, uh, to become an assistant mutant researcher to Moira McTaggart.
0: Moira!
1: I know. What a cutie. So with his powers of duplication, uh, Jamie was dubbed the multiple man and in a scientific facility, the size of Muir Island, his ability to duplicate himself was ideal as he could work on a ton of projects at the same time and then just reabsorb his dupes. And then he reabsorbs also all of the knowledge, which is fucking baller and cool. Um, When Moira's son developed mutant powers, he quickly descended into madness and became the mutant Proteus You might remember this from the 90s X-Men. I was the little do do do. (laughs) where uh, he just changes into a bunch of different types of himself. Or is that also X-Men evolution? It might be also evolution. I don't know. He's a loser. Whatever. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. He attacks a bunch of people and blah 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 but he ends up possessing people and draining them of their life force and when he possesses one of multiple men's duplicates... It ends with the dupes' death, and this is the first time that uh, Jamie has any of his dupes actually die, and this is also when he-
0: They lives. can actually die? They don't just, like,
1: fizz away? I mean, they die and then they're gone, but no. No, they die and then they leave, like, a body, because he can still, like, reabsorb their memories. It just makes him really fucked up about it, because he also reabsorbs the, like, psychic feedback and feels their death. So, like, he feels like he's died a couple times. He's got a serious amount of nihilism going on. During this time, uh, he discovered that he couldn't absorb dead duplicates. And he also started to see how independent some of his
0: duplicates could be. So he couldn't absorb them or didn't want to absorb them? Um, If they're, like, just on the verge of death, he can absorb
1: them. But if they're actually dead, he can't reabsorb them. If they're on the verge of death, though, if he reabsorbs them, he gets really fucked up.
0: What um, happens if they die? Does it, like, take a piece of him, or is it does it matter?
1: It doesn't take a piece of him. Okay. As far as I can tell. Okay. But also, he's so fucked up, it's hard to tell. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Also, while he was living on Muir Island, he met Siren, and they were the only people who were, like, the same age. So, of course, they became a couple for a couple minutes. Blah, blah, blah. That comes up later. I'm just bringing it up now. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jamie's powers are not as simple as, hey, here's a dupe every time you just whack into something. They are complicated as fuck has the power to create perfect copies of himself, which he calls dupes, and all items on his person, uh, so clothing, weaponry, etc., um, through impact when he absorbs kinetic energy. So most of the time this is him, like, stomping his foot or, like, whacking a wall, like, four times
0: to get four The clones. harder or the more kinetic energy is more... More clones. Okay. Yes. So it's like stomping your foot or getting, like, slammed into a wall. Yeah,
1: you get slammed into a wall, you've got, like, ten. If you stomp your foot, you've got one per stomp, probably. At least that seems to be either way. So each of his duplicates has the exact same power of Jamie himself and has independent thought, though Madrox
0: Prime is usually telepathically and empathically uh, linked to the dupes. I was gonna going to ask about the strength, because, like... A lot of times he'll be like, is it divided or are they all the same? They're
1: Yeah, they're all the okay. same, but their pain is divided. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if like one of them, like if he fell and broke his arm, he could divide himself into 10 and then that would be less. And then once those ones were, he could reabsorb them once they healed a little bit better. But it would be easier to heal because it's a lot less. Yep. Jamie Prime can absorb a dupe back into himself at will, uh, which also makes him absorb the memories, knowledge, and skills of the duplicate. The dupe usually appears right beside the body it springs from, and it has been noted that the dupes have trouble creating more dupes themselves if they have not used their powers for a while, while Madrox is able to use his power whenever.
0: You could learn so much.
1: Oh my god, yeah. And literally like he does, but also you know, it ends up... It's not great, but also it's super interesting. It's like one of those powers where I'm like, God, <laughs> I read so much about this. I know. This. Why is there All like right? only one good comic about it? <sighs> not just one, there's probably more. So, his uh, suit that he wears, the shirt with the like six whoosie whatsies, is basically a shock absorbent synthetic stretch fabric and it contains uh, mechanisms that absorb kinetic energy so that an army of Madroxes do not instantly appear every time he gets hit in the face. The original designer of the suit was his dad, and then it was later modified by Reed Richards, who I guess didn't hold a grudge about Jamie being like, I'm going to fight you for no reason.
0: (laughs) He was going a little crazy. Mm -hmm. It happens. Sometimes that's
1: the way it is. Sometimes it happens. During his time at X-Factor, the maximum number of dupes Madrox could create, uh, including the duplicates of the dupes himself, was 50, approximately. But uh, the limit has grown far beyond that, because, uh, you know, it just keeps getting worse and bigger. But he can't be mind-controlled either, because it works kind of the same way, and he ends up building more duplicates from that as well. Um, the duplicates all have independent minds from the original, but are usually willing to merge back because their memories and knowledge are retained. And However, there have been exceptions where dupes have wished for independence completely.
0: And uh, But can't he be like, no, I'm Prime. You come back.
1: Yes. So for the most part, yes, he can. Um, sometimes he just doesn't. Because uh, he feels like they are better off learning somewhere else. Like it, they don't have like a time limit where it's like it's been a certain amount of hours now you have to come back to me. It's so like, it's like once you die, you come back, Jamie, or you get absorbed.
0: World. Yeah,
1: it makes things complicated. How
0: many times do you think they've identified him? <laughs> mm, I assume he has
1: passport problems. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a trip. <laughs> I'm a quintuplet it's weird that you
1: guys all have the same fingerprints and Optimum's DNA moms
0: babies
1: <laughs> um, as a last ditch effort uh, Madrox's abilities can be used to a deadly effect so like basically he could jam his fist in somebody's mouth snap and make a clone inside of them and burst them which he does at some point thanks for the presentation. (laughs) I got you, baby. (laughs) Uh, His duplicates can perish without long-term physical harm to himself, but when they do come back to him when they perish, he collapses in pain and is aware of what was happening, but is later recovered. Um, So another dupe of Madrox died of the legacy virus, but uh, Madrox himself was unaffected, though if he had absorbed the infected dupe, he probably would have been fucked. Oh,
0: okay. But he didn't. because. So, hey, don't fucking absorb your dying buddies. No. Unless you really want the information they have. Exactly.
1: So, basically, like, you can... Pull the injury apart into a bunch of different pieces, and then once you merge, it's all back to normal.
0: Let's so say you had a really bad cold, and then all of a sudden you just had, like... A
1: sniffle. A sniffle. Or
0: somebody had, like, a little
1: bit of a cough, and then you merge back, and, like, the things that were something big don't become something bigger, they just become something less. hmm Which is fucking baller. That's the perfect way to do it. Right. That said, as a consequence of splitting into multiple selves, Jamie has accumulated vast wealth of knowledge and experience along with some confusion over which Jamie did what.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it doesn't really matter once they're all in you again. Most of
1: the time, I would say no. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, But yeah, some of his specific skills that he's accumulated through his vast experience uh, include picking locks, Shaolin Kung Fu, handgun training, multiple languages including Russian and Hawaiian, and playing card throwing. Uh, one of his dupes was a shield agent, which gave him all the prerequisite espionage training. And then another one of his dupes was an Olympic gymnast.
0: I would one hundred percent me I'd be like, you learn this language for real. You read all these books. hundred percent. Go get these skills. <laughs> Um, If one of them's really buff and he absorbs them, does he come back a little bit buffer? Kind of. (laughs) Probably a little bit buffer. That said,
1: his cloning powers aren't without drawbacks. Um, Sure, he can overwhelm most foes by sheer numbers. However, the more dupes Jamie creates, the higher chances that his clones will take on lives of their own. Who cares?
0: (laughs) He gets to suck them back in whether they want it or not.
1: Mm -hmm. And then also some of his more complex dupes are just like, here's an aspect of your personality. (laughs) But you didn't want to see that. (laughs) Literally, I was like, oh no, this is too relatable because he creates a dupe to help him escape from somewhere and the dupe is literally too depressed to open the door (laughs) for him. It was like, why does it matter? (laughs) Nothing really matters. I'd be like, okay. You no, know I'm not real. Back in, and we're gonna try like, this again. <laughs> but he's through the door. You can't do anything. Because he was like, I'll push under the door. They both touch their fingers. He creates a dupe. And then that one's on the outside being a depressed butt. And it's like, come on. I know we're sad, but can we be sad together <laughs> on the outside of this door? <laughs> so sometimes they go rogue. Uh, he had one of his, uh, that joined Mr. Sinister. (laughs) I know. He wanted to be like the top Jamie. So he was like, I'll figure out a way to do this. And it's like, it didn't work. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Here's a short way to put that to the end. That's all you need to know about that. When he was staying with X Factor. So he worked with X Factor. That was his like main jam. X Factor was like, the government's x-men for a little while and then a detective agency also for a little while and he hung out a lot of the time with strong guy and wolfsbane and i was like oh my Aww. god i forgot about strong wolfsbane. guy and wolfsbane no wolfsbane i didn't forget about because i <laughs> love her but strong guy is so cute and weird he's just really fucking strong but this is not a strong guy episode <laughs> no.
0: Another topic for another day. Mm -hmm.
1: But yeah, so when he was with X-Factor, he had to routinely be psychologically examined by Doc Sampson, who I've talked about before. So when we yell about people needing therapy, Jamie actually got a little bit of therapy every now and then. And, you know, it was just Doc Sampson being like, oh, well, obviously your overt sense of humor is a defense mechanism, which is weird. I wonder what that's like. Um, and since he had spent so many years alone after he was orphaned, he developed a pathological desire for attention. So he'd become a prankster and uses dupes in humorous ways. And then he never had to do anything alone again. It's like, (laughs) Jesus. Uh, so multiple man was in Genosha and he contracted the legacy virus while he was uh, trying to give an infected mutant CPR bad idea (laughs) just saying so he continued to serve as a member of x factor and he was uh so when i was saying that he was like oops i created a dupe inside your mouth and exploded you he did this to a guy named seamus mellencamp who was like a monster dude sorry you get exploded not sorry the virus starts to ravage his body, and there was a hope of a cure. Weirdly, Wolfspain had been trapped in her like sort of half werewolf form, and whenever she transformed back into a normal human girl, she was part of a brainwashed Denotion cult. Womp. I know. I was like, God, wait a like. What did this cult comprise of? The cult had sprung up around uh, an apparent mutant named Haven who claimed that she could heal anyone who believed in her. She demonstrated this claim by freeing Wolfsbane from the coding in her genetics.
0: Here's a tidbit for you. Yeah. If they claim to have all the answers and know everything, they don't. Especially so if they claim to have all the answers (laughs) and know everything when
1: everyone else around you is dying. They definitely fucking don't,
0: and that's a cult, mm-hmm. and you should run away. <laughs> but yeah, so Wolfman <laughs> or call like, your dad.
1: Haven is cool; she'll cure you. So multiple man no. goes to Haven, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll cure you." And then he immediately dies and falls <laughs> to the floor, and uh, the impact didn't create any duplicates, as he had been killed. However, a couple of years later, they were like, "Yep, that was a clone." And the original multiple man had been suffering from amnesia. So, also, one of Jamie's powers is he can retcon his own death.
0: Well, you know, comic books. Death means nothing. Mm -hmm. Superman and Jean Grey ruined everything. You fuckers. (laughs) Um, Later, he sent
1: a bunch of duplicates across the world to gather information and skills. So, like you and I were saying, like... You do this, and you do this, and you do this, and then come back. I would like somebody to learn how to dance, so that I don't <laughs> look like a fucking doofus. Somebody learn an instrument, so that I can look like super cool all the time. Other things.
0: I want to know all the languages.
1: Yes. I would like to know all of the languages, please. But yeah, he sent out a bunch of duplicates, and then reabsorbed them, and he retired the name Multiple Man, and decided to just go by his surname Madrox. He set himself up as a private eye in Mutant Town under the name XXX Investigations, which soon became X-Factor Investigations, because Wolfsbane was like, it sounds like you're investigating porn. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Just like triple X. Mm-hmm. am like, you're either investigating porn or Vin Diesel. I,
0: I would literally was a be, be like, that. <laughs> The the Furious
1: movie. One or the other.
0: Uh, <laughs> Vin Diesel's so hot. Oh, wow. Jeez.
1: <laughs> the hottest tree you'll ever see. <laughs> but yeah, so he, uh, with his old teammates, Strong Guy and Wolfsbane, does this whole X-Factor investigations thing. Cool. He kind of figures himself like an old-fashioned gumshoe in a, like, noir like you're goddamn good adore. Also, the way that he ends up affording all of this is he goes on like a Who Wants to be a Millionaire type show. It's a knockoff because they didn't want to give them rights, I'm sure, that's but fair. you know what I mean. And uh all of his lifelines are his own dupes and they have so much fucking knowledge and he makes a fuck ton of money and that's how he pays that's all of his fair. friends to be part of his investigation team. So soon after he won all of this money, he was joined by M, So Monet, Siren, Richter, and Layla Miller.
0: Oh, Layla. A callback. Layla. Not a very far callback. (laughs) I was going to say, a callback from two episodes ago. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, At this point in his life, his dupes had already begun to show more signs of independence, so they would often display character traits that were deeply hidden from the main Madrox that he wasn't aware he was capable of feeling or doing. Which is not what I... That's my one thing where I'm like, maybe I won't take this power, because that sounds rough. So he became a lot more reluctant to use his powers in a uh, desperate situation. There was one time where Richter tried to commit suicide after losing his powers, um, which I think was probably after M-Day. Sure. And Madrox picked a duplicate to talk to th- Richter, thinking that the duplicate was optimistic. And actually, it was his very unpredictable side, and it just pushed him off a of fucking Oh, that's day. good. And then M saved him. Monet. Hot babe. So he was like, "Mm, I think probably everything is too much because I am stretching myself too thin and I've got to round up a bunch of my fucking dupes. So one of these dupes had joined SHIELD um, and had managed to convince both M and Richter to register with the newly passed Superhuman Registration Act. Which regular Madrox was super against because he was like, that's some fucking bullshit.
0: Because it is bullshit. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember, if you're not on Cap's side, you're wrong. You're on the wrong side. You're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) He also
1: goes to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters to, like, acquire his dupe, and he gets abducted by fucking Hydra. And Hydra tries to uh, brainwash him, and they're like, now you have to punish yourself so he just slaps himself in the face, and there's like eight of them. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> he eventually creates enough dupes that, that they're not brainwashed all anymore. Fucking Hydra, they're not brainwashed anymore. Yeah, exactly. They spread the reprogramming thin enough to break free, and then uh, he phoned in a t- an anonymous tip to Shield with the location of the base and laid low until the agents arrived. And then also, when his dupe came to check this fucking, he absorbed him. He reabsorbed it. <laughs> so he made a bitch out of both Hydra and Shield. I'm like, bless you. Uh, the next duplicate that Madrox had located had been one that he would sent out into the world to study religion. Which, okay. I, guess I that's wouldn't have made that choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, this dupe ended up taking an alias as John Maddox. And he was a minister and a family man. So he had kids. Uh, I'm just wife. gonna absorb you now your wife is well, a single mother. So after an emotional confrontation, Madrox decided that it was worth losing this small portion of himself. Uh, it's only religion. This- exactly but you're not getting anything we're
0: not missing out that much
1: <laughs> but yeah so he's like you can live your own
0: life it's no big fucking deal after the i don't want to make your wife a widower yeah
1: that sounds like a real big bummer <laughs> i don't want to orphan your two fucking kids Ooh. after the f- birth of the first mutant baby after m day uh cyclops hope i know a baby Cyclops summoned Madrox to the Institute and Layla Miller who is a slightly older Dakota Fanning at this point <laughs> knew what was coming
0: since that is... That's her uh, power. That's her funny <laughs> thing.
1: Forge had detected that all but uh, two of the possible future timelines had vanished. I'm like, is yes. that one of Forge's powers? I guess. Whatever. It is for this storyline. Question mark.
0: I think Doctor Strange would have something to say about that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> It's an eye roll. It's fine. (laughs) But yeah,
1: basically, um.
0: Someone gonna punch some universes?
1: No, thank fuck. (laughs) Madrox was to create two duplicates and send one into each future timeline with time travel because they do that fucking shit because it's X Men. That's their jam. Uh, so one went into a future where there are no more mutants at all, and then the other one was selected to go into a future where mutants continued to procreate, but they were detained in camps.
0: However Both sounds like a
1: bummer. Yeah, exactly. Scott, what a rude thing to do to any person. I would be like, I don't care about the future. We can all die. Nihilism. Which... <laughs> Is 1000% on brand for Jamie, who's like, I've already absorbed the feeling of death many times. Don't tell me what I'm doing. So he does end up doing it, blah, blah, blah. When he uh, when the second dupe is to jump into the future, fucking Layla grabbed onto him to give him a hug and is also flung into the future. And he's fucking pissed and is like, you have to send her back. And Forge is like, um, it was a one-way ticket and your, your dupe is just sm- supposed to commit suicide to transfer the knowledge back to Madrox in the present. So we can't get her back. And it's like, oh, cool. It's obviously bad times future. Uh, that's the future where they get the M tattoo over one eye. They
0: say, um... Isn't Cable in the future with Hope at this point though? Just, that might just, be. Just scoop up. So
1: um, go back. We're actually going to talk about the other time traveler in Marvel. Uh,
0: uh,
1: he met Bishop in the future, but like a younger Bishop. And then he gathered a bunch of information, but he wasn't. Um, but he was like, I'm not going to leave fucking Layla here. And then Layla <laughs> planted a grenade on his body
0: and pulled the pin. Right what a back. bitch. <laughs> She's like, nah, nah, you (laughs) got to do this. Yeah. I'll I'll figure figure it out. She does. So Madrox, so, uh, way to be dramatic. I'm not just going to like kill you quietly. I'm going to literally over your head, but but I'm going going to make you explode
1: and I'm going to run away (laughs) and leave you with a grenade. So rude. Holy dicks. So fucking funny. Oh my God. Like It's fine. Be dramatic. It's fine. Yeah, so uh, present-day Madrox uh, instantly wakes up and cries out in agony, and he has the distinctive M tattooed on his face. Oh, bummer. I know. Big bummer. He uh, provides the crucial information that Bishop is a traitor to the X-Men, and he is hunting
0: Cable and Baby Hope. No! We need Baby Hope! Who comes back as a teenager? It's all good. It doesn't work. I know. Because she comes back as a teenager.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another fun story. So due to a mix-up with his dupes and also with drinking, he ended up fucking both Monet and Siren on the same night. Oops. You know, separate venues Boys. and everything, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he wasn't aware of what his dupe was doing until it was reabsorbed the next day. He was probably like, huh, that one's feeling good, and I'm also feeling good, and we were both really fucking drunk. <laughs> um, but yeah, since he was drunk when it happened, uh, he wasn't sure which girl had been with him and which had been with the dupe and obviously they were not very happy with this whole situation and there But was I Kesha. mean
0: but also you should no. also know he has fucking duplicates all over They're the place. They're all over the fucking place and he needs to fucking brand them. Yeah. Well, uh, then he would have brands when they came back. Yeah. He needs to fucking give them colored bracelets. Like you need to carry
1: a bunch of different hats on you. Except for if he carries a bunch of different hats on him, smacks himself in the face. That dupe also has twelve different hats. Well, he has to make a little
0: container and that then put doesn't it on get the duplicated
1: when when he's. I'm sure, duplicate. I'm sure
0: someone can do that. Make something that doesn't get duplicated. Yeah, because sounds like-, like Marvel science.
1: <laughs> the rest of this is also bullshit, and so might as well. he
0: just has, like, bracelets in it. Mm-hmm. And it says duplicate on them. You don't even really need to know which is which. You just need to know that I'm a duplicate. Literally, really, just keep a Sharpie in your fucking pocket and then just write
1: two on just somebody's a, fucking face. Just
0: put a D on someone's face. Fine. Just draw a dick on someone. Mm, <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do.
1: Oh, and you know who else would definitely do that? ah oh, Jamie Madrox. <laughs> Um, This wouldn't be a problem, except for Siren became pregnant. Oh. Mm. Uh,
0: God, okay, here, public service announcement. Wrap it before you fucking tap it. Drunk Madrox, that's on, on that you. That is on you, buddy. Sir. Yeah, so Siren is
1: pregnant. Not great. And Madrox was already still disillusioned by the loss of Layla. And um, everybody's trying to fucking keep every loss, quote, unquote, unquote, unquote. unquote. <laughs> um, everybody's struggling to keep fucking X-Factor together. There was a scroll disguised as Longshot fucking during all scrolls, of this fucking bro. nonsense. I know. I know. As Siren went into labor, she actually uh, proposed to Madrox. Yo, she had the thing?
0: Um, Was that rude? No, well, not to me. (laughs) (laughs) I've been like, go win some more money and get this baby out of me. Like, I'm taking some of your already money. (laughs) You have it. It's fine. I also need a ride back from Planned Parenthood after this.
1: But yeah, so she ends up actually having the kid and uh it's emotional for both of them she ends up proposing while they're while she's in labor and they have the child blah 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 he does actually accept and then uh siren gives birth to a baby boy named Sean in honor of her deceased father who i guess is dead at this point Shrek. well that's what deceased means i it, it, cuz he's original Banshee, and i can never remember who's not and who is dead <laughs> that's fair. at any time and anything madrox is a little anxious at the prospect of fatherhood but uh siren's like it's fine you can hold your son blah 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 you know normal shit like you are a dad now you can hold your son because i'm done with it
0: (laughs) because i'm over it i need to i need a nap
1: of course as soon as jamie grabs his son tragedy streaks Immediately. Streaks. Streaks. (laughs) Tragedy struck almost immediately. Sean Madrox began to glow and uncontrollably began to disappear inside of Jamie Madrox, and it turned out that the Jamie that impregnated Siren was actually a dupe, and a dupe can't have a baby because it's just another fucking dupe.
0: I don't think the science
1: is there. Well,
0: it's, it's basically don't like
1: it can have a baby, but like if he didn't touch it, it would have been fucking fine. Okay. I was gonna say, but how did it stay inside he
0: of her if it was just it,
1: it? He reabsorbed it into himself, but he had no control over it. But yeah, so she's like screaming at him, like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I'm not trying to do anything. They're trying to be okay, and nothing is okay. See, this is why you just don't have kids. Yeah. Solution. Easy. Very easy solution. (laughs) If you remember, earlier clone, who we did leave to be alive, John Maddox. Pastor. Pastor clone actually did have fucking kids. Yes. Who he'd probably come in contact with at some point. He went to go like, be like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. My son got absorbed. Why is this happening? And then John was like, um, my wife's cheating on me. Oh Yeah, and that's why and it's yeah, that's and now That's a bummer. Yeah, so everything it's like, hey, let's make things dark and then let's make things darker. It's fine. Everything's sad and dumb. Don't be a pastor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) The moral of the story. (laughs) Don't have kids and don't be a pastor. Okay. (laughs) Um but yeah, so He's sad and everything's terrible. And then all of a sudden they have a holographic message
0: from the future. So he can have kids, but his clones can have kids. Yes. yes. Okay. Or they can have kids, but if he touches, touches them, them, he just gets, because they're technically just a clone. Mm-hmm.
1: And like, if they both hadn't been very drunk, he probably would have known that this was his clone son rather than And it's his... not going to work out. Yeah. But Jamie Madrox is a giant fucking bisexual disaster, so of course he was fucking drunk and sleeping with two women at the same time, but separately. Literally that. Question mark. It's hard. It's questiony. After all this fucking shit goes down, he does get a message from the future, and the message is from uh, Layla Miller, who is grown up, so she, uh, yoinks Madrox into the future with her. Somehow I didn't read that part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And upon seeing Layla uh, again, Madrox flung himself at her and they like kissed, blah, blah, blah. She'd survived in Bishop's timeline and grown into a confident woman. And she was like, "Um, we're in the midst of the summer's rebellion,
0: which uh, sounds awful.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. You know that fucking <laughs> shit is awful. Um so it's the mutants rebelling against the humans, but the leader is Cyclops who had uh cyborg replacement limbs. And the only good part about this part of the story, uh his future daughter with Emma Frost, Ruby Summers. Who is cute as fucking shit. I love her. What a babe. I don't ever see Oh Emma no, she having would literally kids, never have kids, but, but she's Emma
0: having a kid. Yeah,
1: I want Damn. to be best friends with them immediately Damn. and then probably marry them in the future. You know, it's fine. But yes, yeah, there were some mutants that were starting to vanish for some reason and there was no explanation as to why, but they knew it had something to do with Madrox, so they yoinked him into the future to get his assistance. They went to Victor Von Doom, and Doom was old and senile, which Aww. makes me the most sad because I love Doom. And Doom's like, oh, yeah, I met you in the past, Layla. Uh, and you told me that you and Madrox would be back here again in the future and that I would give you information. Oh, <laughs> cool, Thanks. <laughs> I'm sure that they figure out whatever their shitty mutant thing is I don't really care about that. We're more at the point where it's like, oh, well, Layla and Madrox are slowly but surely getting together. So before Layla had been lost in the future, she'd told Madrox that they were destined to get married, but at the time she was probably she was she was very young and there was a big fucking age gap and he's like, gross, no. And then she comes back and she's like much older and he's like, oh. Just saying, X-Men, this is still problematic. Just because somebody went into the future and aged, like, 20 years does not mean that this is not problematic. But I guess if, like... Jamie Madrox and Layla Miller are going to get their happy ending. It's still going to be problematic. It doesn't (laughs) fucking matter. So in 2012, there was a um, storyline that was just called, They Keep Killing Madrox. (laughs) Aww. Yeah. And uh, it started off with Jamie being impaled by a demon named Bloodbath, which that's so fucking derivative. Embarrassing. After he gets impaled, he finds himself repeatedly being transported to a series of alternate Earths, including one where Lalo Miller was murdered on the night of her marriage to Madrox by fucking Wolfsbane's daughter. Another in which Captain America had become Deathlock, which Ugh. I'm sure is terrible. And then another in which uh, Doctor Strange had been killed by the demonic Dormammu. So Madrox returns to his own Earth somehow. Layla Miller is overjoyed and is like, actually, now is the time that we can have feelings for each other. Before was too early. Now is fine. Unfortunately, Deathlock, Wolfsband's daughter, and fucking Dormammu have also come to Madrox's home Earth with Madrox for whatever stupid reason. They all fight each other and send them back to their Earths. And then Madrox and Layla later marry in Las Vegas without any hey. incident.
0: Yay! And hey, then um, We live in Las Vegas. Yeah, after
1: the events of Hell on Earth War, which I didn't read, Jamie and Layla retire and decide to live on Madrox's family farm. Obviously, that's not where anything actually ends. But it's the closest thing to... Just disaster gets to a happy ending and he has too many good stories for me to go on anymore so and then they all lived happily ever after <laughs> the end the end yeah, so that's jamie madrox he's a disaster
0: <laughs> shocking no <laughs> which one. which is why i love him
1: <laughs> shocking another no one
0: but yeah so that's that look at that yeah all right everyone that's that. And that's that. Episode forty-one yeah. is done. You know, anything else to talk about? You guys are still listening to you us, guys which are is still cool. Listening.
1: Um, if you haven't rate, reviewed, subscribed at this point, we would really still appreciate <laughs> we it. We still want you to do like, it. Could it's you please still important do it? And it makes us feel good. <laughs> I don't want my like weird clone when I bop the ground to sit on the other side of the door and be like, I'm too sad to open the door. (laughs) So if you could rate, review, subscribe, that'd be great.
0: (laughs) Uh, So get on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. You can also listen to us on Spotify. But hey, if you listen to us on Spotify, but still have Apple, you can still rate, review, subscribe us. Mm -hmm. So still make sure you do that. Where else um, can you find us, Martha? You can also find us on the ESO network and on Podbean. Yeah, and as always, you can email us Billy Jensen and Paul Holes. Friends. Please, <laughs> at, but first, let's talk nerdy at yahoo.com mm-hmm. and follow us on Instagram. We'll post pictures of my pop. Going to say there will be pictures of the puppy. He's going to be joining our normal yes, our regular roll, our regular arts every week. Otherwise, everyone, stay safe. We'll hopefully be out of this soon. Get your vaccine when you can. Yes. As soon as you are able to, please go get it. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, we will see you next Tuesday. I'm Bruting Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But But First, Let's Talk Nerd. Why are
1: you like this? (laughs) Okay, let's do it again. Why can't it just be
0: a person? We are 41 episodes in. Oh, shit. Okay. All right, let's try this again. <laughs> I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm,
1: I'm Martha Bartlett.
0: <laughs> okay, collect yourself. Collect yourself. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tea Public store which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.